Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. I'm Lamel Spain. And I'm Margaret Bays. And welcome to the show. So on today's episode of the Breakthrough Podcast, LaMail and I will be talking about the importance of new wineskins. So new wineskins actually are critical in nature when it comes to getting and keeping good or excellent self-health. So for those of you who are no doubt familiar with the teachings of the biblical parable um, and are aware of the prophetic meaning of the phrase. And I quote, you cannot put new wine into old wineskins without risking that they'll split only to have your wine leak out and spoil. Um, You're going to know what we're talking about. But for those of you who are not familiar with that, basically this time-honored lesson teaches us about how important it is to be mindful that when we're getting new stuff together, new practices, new habits, we're making change, we're shifting, that we've got to put that new stuff into new containers so that the new stuff doesn't get spoiled. So the two of us today are going to be talking about how this specifically relates to getting and keeping your health, accomplishing any kind of sustainable weight loss, for example, or ridding yourself of a chronic disease like MS or diabetes. Um, It's critical to change your old container, aka your wineskin, get a new one and put the new stuff, the new habits, the new practices, the new thinking patterns into a new container. So LaMail, before we get going too much, I want to talk, I want you to talk to us about what is a paradigm and why is that important for long-term success in achieving any goal and why so often we need to get new ones? Um, Basically, a paradigm, honestly, is just a habit. Everybody has a paradigm, you know, um, everybody has habits. Um, if you are not, you don't think I'm telling the truth, if you have a significant other, a sibling, a parent, or what have you, or yourself, follow yourself how you get ready for your day every day. That's a paradigm. You was taught there are certain things that you do. It's a, it's a program that runs automatically. You don't have to think about it. When you get in your car, When you first learn how to drive, yeah, you had to think, I got to push the gas. I got to push the brake. I got to check my mirrors. I got to do this. I got to do that. But now you probably, which you shouldn't, but you probably text (laughs) on the phone. You probably can talk on the phone and you just, it doesn't affect you. You kind of do that other stuff like on autopilot. Yeah, it's, it's an automatic your uh, subconscious mind takes over. Once a paradigm is formed, the subconscious mind takes over. That's how so, the subconscious works. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you because I wanted to just go back to you. So for example, like when I get up in the morning, the first thing that I want to do is run and make my bed. Well, that's one of the first things. I want to run and make my bed. And um, I realized that when you said, you know, this is just something you were taught, it's like in there, you can like, 
run along into somebody else that you might be sharing your dwelling with. I mean, maybe you have a roommate, maybe you have, you know, a significant other or husband or wife and they weren't raised that way. And all of a sudden, like you got a, you got a conflict on your hands because your paradigm program is running one way and the other person's is running the other way. You know, and the bed making doesn't really have much to do with hell. Oh, no, 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 it does. Like people, okay. Let's who, hear <laughs> people, I'm serious. People, um, fall out because of because we're creatures of habit, right? Uh-huh. Like we don't like new things. You know mm. what I'm saying? Mm. And talking about forming new paradigms, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be, you know, what I'm saying icky for a while. But if you continuously do whatever the new thing that you're learning over and over and over again, because that's how the subconscious mind works through repetition, if you do it over and over and over again, then that old paradigm is replaced with the new paradigm. So paradigms are nothing but habits, you know? So when it, so when it comes to like weight loss, that's like critical for health. Let's say you're obese and you have diabetes, high blood pressure and high cholesterol. Let's say you have the big three. So you've got some paradigms working in there because you've been eating a certain way for a really long time that helped you get like that. So what you're saying is that when it comes to um, this whole conversation of new wineskins to replace old wineskins, I can't just come along and write somebody a nutrition plan and say, here you go, here's your answer. And with no work on the inside of that person's mind to shift the way they've been habitually eating for a really long time. That nutrition, that nutrition plan I'm writing is basically just a bunch of writing on paper and it's probably not going to work. Exactly. Because you're fighting a lot of enemies. Like think of it as a a thermostat, like your thermostat is set to a certain temperature if it gets too high, then the air condition turns on. And if it gets too low and cold, the heater turns on. Mm-hmm. Um, same applies to, you know, um, nutrition, thinking and all that. The reason why people um, fail is not because um, they may not be as disciplined as they want. It has a lot to do with, have we, um, yes, we have. We, we've, in the, um, the resource library, we talk about psychocybernetics. Yes. And psychocybernetics is just that. It's like the thermometer that people have that when you get off of your regular, regular um, routine, it sets it sets, it cuts on, you know, without you even thinking, you know, um, yeah, you're practicing your diet plan that you wrote, you know, um, you wrote me a diet plan and for a couple of weeks or a month or so, I'm on point, but all of a sudden I just fall off. And it's not because you want to fall off or it's not because I want to fall off. It's that paradigm and that cybernetic that has cut on. It's like, uh-uh, you, uh-uh, we need to go back to how it used to be. And then you go back to eating the, the foods. Old, 
the old wineskin. And so you're trying to throw new habits in there and it just kicks out and it, it just okay. kind of doesn't work. So, so um, the other thing that we mention in this is that, you know, so obviously changing old paradigms for new ones, creating new habits takes time, takes time to create new habits so that our subconscious mind gives us the right signals. But part of that is um, developing new thinking patterns, right? So in this conversation, new thinking patterns is pretty much synonymous with positive thinking patterns, whereas the old thinking patterns in many instances that sort of lead us to a place, not to say that we are responsible for giving ourselves chronic disease, but clearly there's a link between how we live, what our habits are, how we think, and our life condition. And that influences the genetics that we have to express in many instances conditions of chronic disease, such as cancer, such as autoimmune diseases and whatnot. So thinking patterns are really, really important. They're very powerful. Like your thinking patterns actually influence your cells and you get new cells at least yearly. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Are putting um, bad <laughs> bad liquid in that wine skin, that <laughs> new wine skin is going excuse me, it's going to bust. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I'm going to go back to what I just said, the sales. So you have new sales, but you're thinking negatively. And honestly, like we are um, bombarded with negativity 24-7. You know what I'm saying? We are more comfortable and it's more comfortable to talk negative. Think about the news. When has the last time they have posted something where a cat was helped out of a tree or, <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? Something that was positive, you know, but they will more times than not talk about the mass shootings that's going on. Um, somebody getting robbed, um, somebody losing their house because for one is ratings and they feel negativity sells more than positive, which is a lie. Right. Um, so, so a lot of times, you know, we'll say a term like thinking patterns, right? Negative thinking patterns. But I want to get really specific. Like, I'm going to actually name some really specific thinking patterns that we want to try to identify. And a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about some of the exercises that you've already discussed in detail in different places on the site, like in the Daily Dose and in the... Um, featured blog articles and things like that, the actual tools that you use to switch your negative thinking patterns into the positive ones that are going to help your cells actually uh, be in a healthier condition so that your body runs the way it's supposed to. So some of the negative thinking patterns that um, we're talking about here, one big one is being obsessed with perfection like constantly thinking and holding yourself to a standard 
that everything in your life needs improvement. That's a big one. And sort of connected to that, and I know you have a really specific philosophy about this, is how we think about failure, for example. Tell us yep. about that a little bit. Um, society, again, sells us a program that if you fail, you suck. You're a loser. And that statement is so far from the truth. If that was the case, then you and I could not even be doing this podcast. Um, but one, you would be in the dark. I would be in the dark because um, the person that, if he took that statement to heart, would never have came up with electricity. Thomas Edison, I think when he the one that created. That's correct. And I, I think he tried a thousand times before the light 10, went on. 10,000. 10,000. Okay. I'm off by a factor of 10. He tried yeah. 10,000 times to get the lights to come on. <laughs> he tried 10,000 times. Um, the individual that everybody marvels over, Michael Jordan, mm. failed more times than he succeeded, but we remember the successes more than we, the failures. Mm. Babe, the same struck out more times than he hit home runs. Yeah. But society, we champion the wins, which we should, but at the same time, we should not look at failure so bad because failure is nothing but a teacher. It's telling you whatever you try, maybe you need to, you know, um, go back and enhance whatever it is that you are trying to do. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. all successful people will tell you that I failed more times than I succeeded. Right. It's just I notice and remember my successes, mm -hmm. and I'm, but I failed. So, <laughs> so um, another couple on this list are like comparison thinking, where you're constantly comparing yourself to other people. That's another one, because really the name of the game to be successful at just about anything to be truly successful is that you want to just be the best version of yourself you possibly can be and quit looking at the guy next to you. Yeah, I think um, with that point, which is a great point, I think um, because it's a universal law that we're going to talk about, you know, law and order one day, mm -hmm. but first a law that talks about the law of relativity that states that you should, if you're going through a bad situation, what you need to do <laughs> is compare it to somebody else. And I give you an example. I may say, man, my feet are killing me. And I just focus on the feet and I don't exercise. Man, my feet are killing me. But if I think about someone that's in a wheelchair or I think about someone that doesn't even have feet, mm -hmm. or then my situation isn't that bad. Like, yeah. Complaining. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the law of relativity of, of comparing a situation, it can help you not to think that your situation is like so bleak and so dreadful and, and gloom. Cause it's somebody out there. And my grandmother used to say that all the time. It's somebody out there who, is going through something way worse than what you're going through. So stop complaining. Right, right. 
So um, then we have um, the negative thinking patterns that are like all or nothing, right? Um, this one constantly sets you up for failure. You know, in other words, like if you're on a if you're on a weight loss plan, for example, you know, if you don't stick to the plan 100 percent every single day, suddenly, like you said, you think you're a big loser and that you failed all or nothing. Right. When the truth is really somewhere way in between, you know, most experts, including myself, will tell you that if you can comply with any sort of program somewhere between 85 and 95 percent of the time, you're going to succeed. Doesn't have to be all or nothing or perfect. perfect. Again, like you got to be perfect. Like, let's just be real. We marvel out, out at teams that go undefeated. But really, if you really play sports, <laughs> that is hard to it's do. It's really hard. <laughs> like, really, really hard because everything has to go right. And everybody, especially if you play for a team, everybody has to be on, you know. Um, That's right. That's correct. Take, everybody else has to hurry up and compensate for that mistake so that that attention of that mistake doesn't get, you know, um, um magnified like yeah, magnified yeah thank you you um so that's 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 just another thing we're not perfect beings you know what i'm saying and to think i mean we do we are perfect your memory is perfect all your six high faculties are perfect however we're not perfect beings we we gonna mess up i mean we we we're gonna mess up yeah. So on on that about how we are not perfect and we're we're we do the black and white thinking thing and we do the um you know the polarized thinking it's either all good or it's all bad or we do the comparison thinking all this negative stuff. Also when it comes to health and fitness and body size and shape and this and that there's a lot of envy out there in the world. Envy is a really negative, negative space to be in. And it's interesting because um, a lot of folks do not know the difference actually between envy and jealousy, right? Um, Jealousy, I'm going to explain the difference actually, because envy is the one that's really uh, like mental poison. Okay. Jealousy is kind of like, oh, wow. Um, what a great vacation you and your family took, or, oh, wow, what a pretty dress you had. That looks really awesome on you. I wish I had that. I wish it were mine. And then the person goes on with their day. Envy goes like this. Oh, you and your family went on that vacation or, oh, look at you in that dress with your new body where you've lost a hundred pounds. I wish that were me. And dot, dot, dot. I wish bad things would happen to you as a result of all the stuff that you have. That's good. <laughs> we call them haters. They hate. Me. <laughs> Why you- yeah, that's envy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so envy is a really powerful negative force and it's definitely a space that if you want 
to bring good energy into your life and new thinking patterns that are going to drive you to health. We're going to, we're going to work on booting envy out the door. And the other thing is, um, and this was really interesting. You, you got to stop thinking a lot of times and just start living. And that has to do with this notion of, you know, sometimes in life, it's a good thing to do something every single day that scares you just a little bit because um, fear is an emotion to manage, right? And uh, doing new things that bring us to better places involve taking risk. And so people need to recognize that through line that, you know, if you sit around and think negatively, like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this, as opposed to taking some action that might make you feel somewhere between apprehensive and truly fearful, uh, you know, that that could be good for you in a way, don't you think? I, mean, I think, I think, um, The, the main thing, I'm going to give you like a stat. I was reading, don't quote me, even though <laughs> um, we have about at least 20,000 thoughts throughout the day. And it may be 80. It's either 80 or 20, 20,000. Either one of those numbers is catastrophically big. So go ahead. Let's assume it's, let's assume it's just 20. Okay. We have 20,000 thoughts a day. You say think, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like what we are trying to do is try to reprogram your thinking for the majority of those 20,000 thoughts. They are productive and they are healthy, you know, but again, we are negative beings. All of us are negative beings. Mm. It's, we're comfortable and maybe that's, because with caveman days and all that, we are more comfortable thinking the bad stuff first before the positive stuff because we oh, it's, are. It's, so it's kind of like a survival instinct from that, way back then. Yeah. That, and it's, it's, it's been, even though we're not in caveman eras anymore, but it's still um, ingrained in our thinking. You know what I'm saying? And we have to pluck out those bad thoughts uh, yeah. that thinking um but I, I i just you know and uh, don't be like um, nothing but wasted energy mm-hmm. why are you that person like get the work you can have the same thing you just gotta get the work and i would like to um add real quick like you have not been where they were to get to where they are now. You know what I'm saying? Like you now are just at the premiere opening of whatever, you know what I'm saying? It took me 10 years to lose that weight that I had, 235 pounds, 40 plus inch weights, 10 years. Wow. Yeah, but everybody remember how I looked you know, uh, with the physique I had, but it took a long time. It took a lot of failure. It took a lot of doubt, you know, um, and it took a lot of persistence. And that's what you need to have. Envy is not doing anything for you. Jealousy. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, one one of the best ways, I think, for people to understand what envy looks like and how dreadful it actually is, is I think pretty much everybody in the world knows the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, right? Everybody knows the story from when we were kids or when their kids were kids or when their grandkids were kids. Everybody's seen Snow White and the Seven Dwarves has been around since the 1930s. It was a Walt Disney. I think it was the first Walt Disney animated full feature film, actually, if my memory serves. Envy is depicted in the character of the wicked queen stepmother who looks in her mirror and says, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? And the mirror lies. And the mirror comes back and says it's Snow White. And so then the queen wants to kill her. So because she because what that mirror said that he used to lie to her like, oh, you, you, you bad. (laughs) (laughs) Found out about Snow White. He was like, yo, there's somebody out there look a whole lot better than you. Yeah, I mean, that's that's envy when you actually would like poison your own stepdaughter yeah. just yeah. to be the fairest of them all. I mean, yeah. if you th- remember that, I mean, most people with a conscience are not going to want to be going around acting like that toward one another. So that that was, that was really big. So um, these last two that I want to just highlight, um, you sort of touched on one of them already. And this one, this one is my favorite. And the other one is one you touched on coming to conclusions without evidence. That's a big one. People make a lot of assumptions based on notions that are not real and that there is no evidence for thinking that the way that they do. And that part of me, that, that is what fear is. Fear is false evidence appearing real. It hasn't, you just making it you think it's going to happen it, it may it may not usually right. what you need to do it will not happen you are the author that can steer that conclusion the way we don't know how powerful we are as human beings like we are the only specimen animals can't do it you know what i'm saying they they can't like think of something and manifest it into reality you know they only live off of instincts you know that's why they are so at home in their environment we are like out of our element you know what i'm saying because we can communicate we can think we can do all stuff like we can send people to the moon and back you know what i'm saying <laughs> yes i do um but um yeah believe in that false narrative if you continuously believe that, and we've said this on other episodes, the man who thinks he can and can't, the man who thinks he can't, they both are right. If you think that it's going to happen, you're sending vibration. And we talked about that. We're talking about that this week on Daily Dose, on the Daily Dose with the vibrations that you send out into the universe, because the universe only responds to your vibrations. And I don't think a lot of people know that. Like, that's that's what's going on like everything vibrates <laughs> right but and that but it's truth 
Yeah. So, um, and then uh, I guess I'm going to conclude up this section here with um, uh, basically, uh, again, sort of teeing up. This is going to be a future podcast. You know, um, in the general body of social scientific knowledge that relates to this specifically, there's a list of about 15 things that are actually called cognitive distortions. And we're going to save that for another another time to sort of go through exactly what they are and what that means. But cognitive distortions are a group of ways in which people think negatively, but moreover, they are literally mistakes in the way that we think. And when we chronically think in a distorted way, it has profound impacts that are negative on your health, and on your relationships. So this notion of changing your thinking patterns um, and that being analogous to building yourself a new wineskin in order to pour your new habits into, it couldn't be um, more on point. So the last uh, piece of this podcast today we wanna talk about, so what are the techniques that we use to build a new mindset, to change, our negative thinking patterns to more positive ones, which, you know, how do we get to be more optimistic? Um, how do we get to be happier? How do we actually become able to envision a more positive future for ourselves? So LaMail, what are some of the techniques, for example, that you've already talked about in different places on our site? So first and foremost, I want you guys to understand that it's not going to happen overnight. You, you do any of these exercises that we're going to talk about one time. It's not going to, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's going to work, but you're not going to see results like you should. Um, so one of the first things that I would like to talk about is a challenge that we are currently going through called the 30 day love challenge. And the reason that is so important is because most people never hear the words, I love you on a daily basis. And because of that, if they're in a relationship, sometimes they put that activity on their opposite companion on their companion you know and then they get mad when that companion doesn't say those words but in actuality if you won't love love yourself I know some people have been taught oh don't be conceited don't be you know pompous and all those big words and <laughs> stuff like that but you have to love yourself and I remember when I did trans for my body from that 235 to 165. I was working at a gym and I was standing in the mirror and I, I would be like mesmerized because I'm like, wow, I can see stomach, I can see my abs, and wow, I look good. And yeah, everybody people, go on the website and check out LaMail's abs. There's a nice photo of them in there. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, so <laughs> people would come up to me and be like, oh, you so full of yourself. And I would return that statement with, if I don't love me, nobody else is going to love me. And if nobody else loved me, I don't care because I love me. You're just jealous. Like, don't, don't, don't hate me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, hopefully, hopefully they weren't envious. <laughs> you were, you were careful back in those days not to accept any apples from anybody. I'll bet. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't trying to show off. Right. I was showing off to myself, uh-huh. but because it was, it wasn't, um, something of an activity that was done on a normal basis they didn't know how to respond and it didn't matter to me and my point that I'm trying to tell you people that are listening like love on yourself and honestly people are attracted to that you know what I'm saying especially definitely they definitely are yeah arrogant person if they know you're not an arrogant person or a conceited person all that they are attracted that like, wow, he loves or she loves herself that much that she's comfortable with how she, you know, is responding to herself. But they have not seen that. Well, you know, I'm going to interrupt you just a second, just to make this point. I mean, in my practice now, that's been about 12 years. I've seen many, 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 many relationships actually break up between people for just that point where one partner or the other has such a poor image of themselves that yep. their behaviors follow, whether it's behaviors that are high risk, like drugs or alcohol or you know gambling or too much work or whatever it might be. And eventually the other person just says, you know what, if you don't think enough of yourself, if you don't care and love yourself enough to not risk messing up your health, messing up your job, messing up our life, I really can't stay here. So I, I completely agree and wholeheartedly am, re, you know, resounding what you're saying that, you know, having a good, healthy sense of appreciation for who you are, how you look, what you stand for, what your goals are, your set things it's critical to living a good healthy happy and balanced life and these are so in other words if this is stuff that you struggle with feeling optimistic feeling accepting of yourself um being mindful of your good qualities and your successes um you know having integrity about the way that you do things um you know, if this is stuff that you need to learn, you know, these exercises, um, envisioning your destiny, we've talked about that in one of our blog articles, the 30 day love challenge where you get up every day and basically say that to yourself. And then there's three seconds like, like, worth three seconds. Seriously. Yeah. Like that, like I, I want y'all to sit still and answer that question mentally are you not worth three seconds really three seconds that <laughs> yes, is cool. I, yes i am <laughs> but 
Go ahead. Go ahead. So that's the. So these are some of the ways that you can, like LaMail was saying earlier, um, if you're trying to build a more positive outlook that leads to, if you're trying to build a new mindset for yourself, AKA new wineskin into which you're going to then do your nutrition work or your exercise work or your whatever work to help with a condition that you have, right? Real, real quick, Muhammad yeah. one of the greatest athletes that ever did sports. Oh, right. He was amazing with this. Yeah. Uh-huh. He said, he used to say, I'm the greatest. Yeah. If you him on some of his interviews, at first, he did not think he was the greatest, but he kept telling himself that over and over and over and over again, so much so that some people, when he faced them, they bought the brand mm-hmm. and they have been probably more talented than him. But because he said, I'm the greatest, <laughs> they believe that that's how powerful the subconscious mind works. Like, well, you know, it's very interesting that you're talking about this because on the day after I completed my very first triathlon last year, I treated myself to like a beautiful hotel spa experience where I went, I went home, I showered, I changed, I packed a bag and I went to this beautiful little location just for a little bit of rest and relaxation. And I watched this um, documentary on the life of uh, Muhammad Ali. And it was incredibly interesting. And on this point, I would recommend all of you to look that up on whatever TV service that you have or movie service that you have and find some, you know, um, film about his life because he was instrumental in creating his own story and his own success that way, strictly because of this positive self-talk that he did. It was a huge part of what he did. Discipline. Honestly, what I like to look at is when Paul, George Foreman, his wife even thought he was going to get killed in that match. Like Rocky, honestly, I don't know if they ever said it. Rocky is based off of Muhammad Ali um, fighting, I believe, George Foreman Mm. um, or whatnot. But anyway, like his mind was so powerful. This is before the MS ever came. I used to watch like little things about him and like man his mind is so like wow I would love to have a mind like that watch what you asked for (laughs) (laughs) you got one huh (laughs) so um he said to himself the only way I'm going to leave that ring is if they have to bring me out in a stretcher he said, I'm leaving with that title. And if you watched how George Foreman, before they fought, him punching that heavy bag and how he caved in the heavy bag, mm-hmm. 
And then you watch when he's wailing on Muhammad Ali when he was doing the rope of dope. And they was like, get off the ropes. And he was like, no, I know what I'm doing. I can only imagine that his mindset had to be so zoned in and focused to take the brutality and the the the, the punches that this grown man, because George Foreman was like Mike Tyson before Mike Tyson was Mike Tyson. He was the villain. And mm-hmm. he going to destroy him but my but 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 Muhammad Ali told him he got in his head too he was like the champion seal he was telling even though George Foreman was the champ Muhammad Ali told him the champion seal meaning I'm here so right. give me <laughs> and go on about your business but that's how his mom was so Man, that man, that man's mom was so. Oh my God! Like I've so never he, seen. So he's. Excuse me for interrupting you. So he's definitely a mentor and a role model for this that we're trying to talk about developing yeah. a yeah. developing a positive yeah. mindset. So so it's so again, we just want to reiterate that you know anybody can lose ten pounds and anybody can sort of stick with anything for thirty days and whatever. But if the problem or the issue or the challenge, I'll put it that way, is you're battling chronic illness, you want to not have diabetes. That's by the way, our topic for the member forum uh, conversation this evening, which you know you all will have an opportunity to either participate in or view in the archive. It's about how some people actually develop their mind so that they either don't develop the illness in the first place, or once they have it, they um, rid themselves of it and they continue those new paradigms, new habits um, in conjunction with these new ways of thinking to elevate their, their health state. So um, again, if losing t- 10 pounds is like the wine, and a person's general mindset and understanding around food, nutrition, and habits is the wine skin. It's easy to see, as in this biblical prophecy, the critical nature of getting a brand new headset around food if you want that weight loss to be sustainable. Um, so, we, I'm sorry. You damage the wine skin. Like, if you don't put new wine in the wine skin, meaning if in you a don't new wine skin, if you don't put new wine in a new wine skin, if you don't put new habits into the new wine or the new nutrition plan that Margaret has designed, then, and you're going back to eating the way you was before, then it's going to bust. And you, meaning you're going to get back to being big like you were before you introduced to the new habit so that's yeah. the whole behind the uh you can't put new wine in the old wines correct so, so we're hoping that all of you um will become experts on learning how to get those new wine skins again which are the um the habits the thinking patterns and using the tools to get yourself there and this new wine, new wineskin business applies to every aspect of your health. So um, we want to invite all of you to check back in with us um, on all of our future episodes where each week on the Breakthrough Podcast, 
we will discuss mind matters, paradigm shifts from lots of different directions, because that's how important they are, food and fitness facts, your power within the notion of self-health, breaking the bars of chronic disease, and much more. So um, I want to thank everyone for being with us today, and um, we will come back at you again next week. I'll see you then. See you then. Have a great one. It's recording.